Raised Catholic my entire life, but enjoy watching Christian church. The guilt emoji. <laughs> what, what emoji is that? Uh, I love watching Christian church. What does Jesus say about ghosting people? How to distinguish God's voice versus my own. How do I know God's will for my life? Having faith when everything feels like it's crumbling. How to get over a miscarriage. Gosh, <laughs> I haven't gotten emotional about this in so many years. What is What's up? up? Welcome to the Uncomplicated Podcast episode nine. Is that right, Trisha? Are we on nine? I think so, yeah, nine. we're there. Episode nine, and, and I'm back. Maria Coleman's back. The back. last two weeks we've had guests. Yep. We talked about are angels and demons real Yep. Uh, with Great Pastor podcast. Matt Brown, talking mm-hmm. about some personal experiences. Um, and then we talked about can you be gay and yep. a Christian. And so, but now Great Maria's team. back. I'm here. And Glad to be back. And you are not a guest. You are a co-host. This is true. And we have 10 questions, it appears, mm-hmm. that our team has gone through Uh you submit questions on Instagram we and the YouTube that. comments, yeah. and so it looks like 10 of them are picked. We're going to speed around these bad boys, but before we get to that, let's talk about... We have a little giveaway today, guys. Um, Justice and I wrote a book about marriage. And I don't know and why you know we didn't what? promote we, it. And we just celebrated on Friday our 16th wedding anniversary. High five. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah. Did it. Um, and but we suck at promoting things. Yeah, so we're not we did good at two podcasts things. on dating, which yep. were great, and then didn't talk about this. And so this you is for whether you're book, single or you're married. Yeah, on Amazon. But we want to do a giveaway. So the way you can enter, it's a YouTube giveaway. Go ahead, subscribe. Make sure you're subscribed. And then in the comments, if you would submit uh, a topic or a question for future podcasts, that will enter you in this giveaway. And we will pick someone and mail I that I think to we you. should pick three. Let's do it. Three questions will mail you this book. And if you're a dude and you're watching, I want you to see how thin this book he is. He wrote it for you guys. Okay. <laughs> it's five chapters. With you and Mike. All right. She wrote it too. I did. And this is the kind of thing you could knock out on one sitting yeah. on the toilet. That's the kind of book to. I like. Yeah. 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 You do a lot of reading yeah, when time. you're on the pot? No, is that, never then. I'm talking about dudes. Oh, sorry. This is, this is dudes is that do a thing? this. You That's don't actually. Jeremy. Don't take anything into the bathroom with you. Well, this is a guy thing. <laughs> there you go. Anyway. I read a, uh, I read a stat that uh, 51% of guys, or maybe it's 50, 50% of guys, never read another book again cover to cover after they graduate high school. And I'm like, oh, we're changing that. <laughs> we're, we're, not, we're getting some guys reading again. There you so, go. All right, let's get into these questions. Man, it's so great to have you back sitting it's across great to be here. from me. All right, mix these bad boys up all and right, let's see let's what we got. All right, let's do this. If you would like to be a part of the team of volunteers that is making this happen every week, email us, team at justicecoleman.com. Go to justicecoleman.com, submit a question, and uh, we have people volunteering and helping us do this kind of stuff. So, All right, question number one. What does Jesus say about ghosting people? How do you handle being ghosted? Justice right. Coleman, how do you handle being ghosted? Let me see the question. Let there me you see go. the question. Ghosting. Well, what is ghosting people? Explain what that concept is first. I think... As far as I'm concerned, ghosting could be when you are in a friendship or a relationship with someone, a conversation, and all of a sudden they disappear. They won't respond. They don't call you back. Uh, They basically have disappeared from your life. You know, I think 
another angle on this, which mm-hmm. my mind went to, is what if somebody was dating somebody and they were either on an app or they were talking to them through technology and then suddenly they just cut communication and right. they're not answering them back. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, is this person married? <laughs> like, what just happened? You know? Yeah. But let's talk about how heartbreaking this is because whoever submitted this question yeah. is probably trying to figure out mm-hmm. this rejection that they're feeling. Sure. Because they're like, man, like, I thought I had a connection with this person. Maybe it was romantic. Yeah. Maybe it was a friend. Yeah. Maybe it was somebody at church. Maybe it was a coworker who just started ignoring them out of the way. There's a million reasons why they could be behaving this way. But when you get ghosted, you're in the dark. Right. You don't know why someone's acting like that. Yeah. You ever felt rejection before, Maria? 100%. You ever been ghosted? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure I have. I can't think of a specific. I've, I've been rejected before. And, uh, is it more of a guy or a girl thing to go somebody? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say, and I might get some heat for this, but I feel like guys ghost more than girls do. And mm. maybe because I feel like girls like to talk about their feelings a little bit more. And so sometimes the ghosting comes where it's like, dude, I'm out. I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to deal with it. Um, but I mean, that's just, it's generalizations. I love you guys, but I think that might sometimes, but I think we also live in this culture right now where like canceling people and ghosting people mm, is like, oh, okay, it's it. permitted and okay. Yeah. And it's not, talk it's about heartbreaking it. and it's painful. And, um, you know, I almost think sometimes people like use the excuse of like, oh, you're not healthy or you're not safe. And so I'm just, I'm out. Yeah. And, um, I just, whether there's they're safe or healthy i feel like even if they're not you still have to you still have to have like a conversation yeah, like for sure the way of jesus is love and relationship and forgiveness and grace and even maybe there are people in your life that you know are it's better if they're at a distance you just brought up my favorite person in the whole world in the yeah, universe jesus. jesus yeah so Mine maybe too. you're watching this episode for the first time and you just stumbled upon this podcast and Marie and I are both followers of Jesus and yeah. we actually uh, lead a church. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, is we didn't start this uh, podcast just for people that share our worldview. Sure. But you will constantly hear from us. <laughs> yeah. This, this is how we, we see the world. So, yeah. you know, when I hear about being ghosted, I think about the teaching of Jesus mm-hmm. where he says, I think it's in Matthew chapter five. He says, if you're presenting a sacrifice or maybe a common day context would be like, you're, you're going to church. Yeah. You're at church. And uh, you remember that somebody has something against you. You need to leave your offering right there mm-hmm. and go find that person and reconcile. Yeah, go make it and right. And what's interesting about that is that I read, I thought for years was if you have something against them, you need to take care of that before you get to church. Right. But really what he's saying is even if they have something against you, you need to take care of it right. before you get to church mm-hmm. because church, faith, this is so much so much not about a religion and so much more about a relationship. Totally. And so God says the way that we show him how much we love him is the way we treat other people. Yeah. So if we are treating people poorly, that's the most, I mean, we have a, we have a saying, the most spiritual thing you do is the right. way you treat the people. the way you treat people. And so Jesus says, hey, listen, if you are in... In it, have a friendship mm-hmm. and it's going poorly, you cannot just ignore the fact that they hurt you or you hurt them and right. just go to worship. Go come worship me. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. like, go take care go of that. Go take first. care of that. Mm-hmm. That's more important to me than the sacrifice, right? Yeah. I, I, I want your heart. 
and to show me that you love me, love the things that I care about, which is people. Yeah. So ghosting <laughs> would be a way to show somebody you don't care about them. Right. And so if you are being ghosted, they're not being Christ-like. They're not taking, they're not right. treating you well. There's never really a place. Jesus would not be okay with ghosting. For us to be ghosting somebody, right? right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, loving your neighbor is a really big theme in yeah. the scriptures and loving people. And so, but a lot of times this is, I mean, this is a person who's being ghosted. Yeah, how do you handle it? So we, what does Jesus say about it? Jesus says, <laughs> go take care of things that are not, you know, relationships yeah. that are not um, going well. How do you handle being ghosted? Man, that's hard because, mm -hmm. I mean, the Bible also gives us instruction about how to handle conflict. It happens to me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> really, honestly, yeah, me too. I feel like it happens to me a lot. Yeah. Like so people how do just you, stop talking to me. So how do you handle it? Well, part of it is, like I just said, I'm a pastor. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes people just, they our relationship is different because sure. I'm a mentor in their life. Mm -hmm. And so that can kind of change the dynamic where it's like maybe that constrain things, right? right. They, maybe they, maybe they're believing some sort of lie in their head that I'm disappointed at them, or maybe they're, in, maybe they're involved in some things in their life that they think I would be disapproving of. So sure. suddenly they dis they disappear, they disappear, you know, and part of that's probably like healthy to have like somebody in your life that you look up to and like, they're helping you walk through things, you know, like, you know, it, it'd almost be like, let's say that you, you, you're, you're on a football team and you have a coach mm -hmm. and you're missing practice all the time. Well, you want to, you see your coach at the grocery store, you, you run You're down like, the other oh, aisle. You're like, I don't want to run into that guy. <laughs> so part of it's understandable, but what does the coach really want? He wants to see how you're doing. Oh my God, it's right. so good to see you, Johnny. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen you. Man, practice isn't the same without you. Yeah. That's what the coach is going to say, but they believe this lie. Like, ah. Well, how do you handle it though? On like a personal level? Because, um, it's still. Oh, it sucks. I get ghosted all the time, but you know, I, I don't, I, the thing is, is, is I'll just text them. Hey, I'm thinking about you. I love you. I miss you. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's only my ego or pride that would keep me from doing that. Sure. You know, so I just text them. Hey, I love you. I'm thinking about you. I miss you. But also, truthfully, there's a lot of things in life we can't control. Yeah. And when we obsess about the things we can't control, that's going to consume us. Yeah. Take you a deep place. So if they're ghosting you and you've reached out to them and they're still not falling back, at some point you just got to be like, I got to surrender this to yeah, God. Yeah. I've done everything I can to reconcile or and to let the healing begin. Yeah. Because then you're grieving a death. Yeah. Versus fighting for something. You know what I mean? And sometimes you just got to grieve. Yeah. You just got to get over That's it. That's good. Next question. All right. Next question. Here we go. Raised Catholic my entire life, but enjoy watching Christian church. Guilty. Or guilt. Guilt. Yeah. Guilt. The guilt emoji. <laughs> what, what emoji is that? Uh, I love watching Christian church, but oh. my family doesn't think that this is healthy for me. Get it. I get that a Catholic lot. Church. Yeah, we used to be youth pastors back in the day. And uh, most of the kids in our youth group came from a Catholic background and came to church, our Christian church, without their parents. Mm -hmm. Inner city church. Inner city church. I was the only white guy in the Your church. Your claim to fame. Yes. Yes. And um, it, it, I remember it being problematic um, when these kids were have like... They were in a relationship with God now. It was so yeah. exciting. Their lives, they were thriving, and they were growing in their faith, and then they'd want to get baptized. And all of a sudden, it was like this huge point of contention with their parents. Right. And uh, it was 
kind of hard to navigate because yeah. we were like, man, you want to follow Jesus. And we wanted to encourage that. But then we also were like, well, the yeah. Bible also says honor your parents. And I, and I would tell them like, yeah. dude, you got to decide, like, should you honor your parents while mm-hmm. you still live with them? Yeah. Because you can get baptized later. Yeah. You know, because you need to honor your parents. Sure. But at the same time, some of them were like leading Christian clubs at their school <laughs> and they were like really stoked. And, but you know, if someone left our church, which is a Christian Protestant church and they uh-huh. went to a Catholic church, how would you treat them? What would you, would you want them to feel guilty if they went to no, a Catholic church? No, not at all. Why wouldn't you want them to feel guilty? Because I think um the goal is a relationship with god right and um catholic church christian church we're worshiping the same god our practices are just slightly different and um i think wherever you are connecting with god is where you should be and you feel like your relationship is growing and uh, it's interesting they put they feel guilty because guilt does not come from god Guilt normally comes from uh, the enemy or from people around us. And so... Yeah, because guilt uh, by nature, um, a guilt trip, we'll say, sure, is when someone's trying to make you feel bad or shamed. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And so God doesn't give guilt trips because that would push you away. Right. He, he wants to bring you in. Yeah. And that's what the cross and that's what Christ has shown us is that he'll do anything to get you in. Yeah. You in. So it's the guilt trips don't come. The guilt trip here is probably from the family. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And this is their watching church, which means they're a part of church online. online. Yeah. So, which is a whole new thing now. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're watching church and then seeing different things. You, know, yeah. you said something I want to, I want to ask though. I don't know. And I don't know. I might be butchering the, what you just said, but I don't know if, you're supposed to be just where you're connecting with God mm. because I think connecting with God can be deceiving. Okay. Right? Talk like, a little bit more about I that. I think people can be a part of a cult <laughs> and sure. think they're connecting with God. Okay. Um, I think people could be out in nature and and feel an aspect of connecting with God, but that's not church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that you could get a good workout in and have a ton of endorphins in your body <laughs> and be like, I just had a spiritual experience. Sure. Right? Um, I, I think that... Take it one step further. I know where you're going and you're headed... That, that's the right where, place where to am be. I going? I think you're going to like, you need community around you and the body of Christ around you so you can flourish because yes. that God, one, there is a connection with God, but two, it's a connection with other people that will be on a journey with you through your faith journey. And so um, the beauty, the the joy of church is doing life with people. Yeah. You, when you, when you are born again, the words of Jesus, you're not born an only child. Sure. You have brothers and sisters. Yeah. You you're born to the family. The way God. you show those mm-hmm. brothers and sisters you're committed to them is how you show God you're committed to him. So good. So, you know, to wrap that up, we have a Bible college, lots of students in there. One of them, I don't know if I told you this, um, during the pandemic, Catholic was leading a Bible study for 40 people. Oh yeah, you did. Catholic. Uh-huh. Right? And, um, I would teach her the Bible in our, in our thing. Mm-hmm. And then she would go and teach that. And we always celebrated and encouraged yeah. that, you know, uh, I would not, if someone left, um, our Protestant faith mm-hmm. to be a part of a Catholic faith, a couple things I'd want to make sure, cause there is some, some theological differences here sure. and there. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that they understand that Mary is celebrated in the Christian church as like the greatest disciple, right? Sure. She, she, I mean, there's nobody like Mary chosen by God. Yeah. To carry. She, 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 God she himself. followed Jesus all the way to the cross yeah. and beyond and changed the world. At the end of the day, she is not what 
some popes have called a co-mediator. Right. Meaning she, when whether it's praying to Mary or worshiping Mary, what winds up happening is Mary can become part of salvation. Mm, like you're yeah, saved yeah, yeah. through Mary's work as well, but we're only saved through the person and the work of Jesus. Right. Right. And Mary would want you to see that. Mary, yeah. Mary would point you to Jesus to <laughs> yeah. say, look at how great my son is. You know, he's the one who's God, not me. And so I think sometimes some of, you know, how traditions go sure. and things go and mm-hmm. like, you kind of got to get to the bottom of that. And I think, um, you know, the Bible being God, uh, excuse me, the Bible being true and mm-hmm. Jesus being God are kind of these cores. Yeah. And so uh, that connection with God that you're talking about should probably revolve around those those things. But right. if someone was a part of a Catholic church, I would celebrate that. On, on I mean, I, I go to Catholic church every now and then too, and I have uh, lots of Catholic people in our church. And, yeah. And so, yeah, the we, guilt you, usually We normally comes refer to them as our Catholic brothers and sisters in Christ. 100%. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, next question. How to distinguish God's voice versus my own? Mm. How can you figure out God's voice or was that just me or was that mm. the taco I ate last night? <laughs> um, what, how, how do you know the voice of God in your life? Do you have a story? Well, the, I mean, have you ever heard the audible voice of God? Have you ever felt like God spoke audibly to you? No, I haven't. I think that I, I hear from God every day. Like I, I have a relationship with God that has been almost 38 years now here, you know, and because uh, at one years old, well, okay. At, at three, one years old, you're like, I'm a wicked sinner. I'm old. I need to repent of all of this. And be I've made that so decision at three years old and I remember it. I, <laughs> I do. believe you. I believe you. <laughs> I, I started following, you know, I grew up in church. I was born in church. I was probably like, you know, the week after I was born in church every Sunday of my life. Um, and I forget what the question was. Well, you just have this awesome testimony of somebody who's never strayed. You've always like had an actual true, authentic, sincere commitment to Christ and never felt like when we met and I was 20, (laughs) I was going to Mexico on the weekends and going to Vegas on the weekends and we were friends and I was going during the middle of the week, (laughs) you know, (laughs) one weekend I went to Mexico and Vegas the same week while I was in Bible college and you, and I was in class, (laughs) you pitied me. You're like, I feel bad for you that you need to go party like that and go do what you do, you know, and like, um, and then, and then, you know, you've, you've all, you've never felt a longing, Mm -mm. you know? And so I, I I, think I've been so satisfied with, you know, the work in person of Jesus in my life that I've never desired anything else, which is a powerful testimony. Everyone thinks they need the testimony that I was, I was on drugs and God saved me. How about the person that continues to follow Jesus through every up and down and has never straight? That's a powerful testimony. That's the grace of God. It is the grace of God. And so I so all of that to say but that you've like, never heard I've, the audible no, voice of God. I've never heard the audible voice of God. But the way I do hear God is this like still small voice. And uh so so clear. And I think just like, you know, we've been married 16 years. Yeah. Um uh, days into our marriage, because we already had a relationship before that. If we didn't have caller ID and you called me. I would know your voice. I, I yeah. would not need to say like, hey, who's this? Like, I know your voice. How I hear it every day. How did you learn to recognize the voice of God? I think there's a couple things. Because people ask us this question all the time. And it's such a good question because your desire is to hear God and to know God. Yeah. And I think some practical things that help you decide, uh, is this, you know, the voice of God or is this me? Is the word of God. Like sure. what you are sensing, does this line up with the Bible? Because yeah. if it doesn't, then it might not be the voice of God. Because so God- if you're unfamiliar with God's word, it will 
the Bible, yes. it's hard for you to recognize his voice. 100%. You could accidentally be sensing your own desires or emotions Correct. and think that that's God. Yes. That's called following your heart, <laughs> yeah. which is tricky because God <laughs> does is, give us a heart yeah. to listen to, but mm-hmm. he also gives us a mind. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes we can be, and some people are more more mind and some people are more heart. Yeah. Right. But I mean, John 10, Jesus says, I'm a shepherd. I know my sheep mm-hmm. and they know my voice. Yes. And that's a picture of a shepherd who would stand out on the hillside and he would call his sheep out of the sheep pen by name and they would come line up right behind him because they knew exactly where yeah. who to trust. Mm-hmm. They didn't need to know where they were going. They just needed to know to line up behind the shepherd because he would take care of it. And they had a trust with his voice. He takes, he guards them from predators. Yeah. He makes sure they have green pastures. He gives them sh- shelter. Mm-hmm. He takes care of them when they're in need or they're hurting. He, and they are loyal to his, to him. And it's because of familiarity they've with their voice. They've learned to recognize the shepherd's right. voice. And so, so the Bible helps us do that. The Bible does. Yes. And then I think the other thing, um, cause he's not going to, the voice If God tells you to do something. It's not going to contradict the Bible. Correct. You know what I mean? It's 100%. not going to be, it's not, you, you know, you know what Jesus sounds like. So if it doesn't, if it doesn't line up with something that you've seen him do, mm-hmm. then who knows what that voice is. <laughs> right. it's, it could be your heart. It could be your own selfishness. It could, it could be, be something, something dark, something dark. Yeah, totally. Um, I think the other thing that I, I think early on in my relationship with God, that helped me navigate uh, his voice was uh, like, it, at least in decision making, was uh, <laughs> does this require faith? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Most of the time, God's not going to ask us to do things that keep us comfortable mm. or things that don't require faith. Faith pleases God. Mm. And so sometimes people are like, well, I feel like God's asking me to give more. And I'm like, that sounds like God. God's asking you to be generous <laughs> and help other people. That sounds like God, him to me. You know, so I think sometimes um, just knowing. Oh, I feel like I'm supposed to pray for this person. I feel like I'm supposed to call this person yeah, that probably. I don't know how they're doing. <laughs> yeah, because that's probably not your own selfishness, exactly. wanting you to get out of your comfort zone. That's 100%. probably the Holy so Spirit in you. Those are two things that have helped me uh, discern the voice of God in so my learn life. Learn to recognize God's voice through his mm-hmm. word. Yep. Right? And then recognize your own selfishness. And yeah. that usually things that are contrary to your own selfishness, where else would that be coming from? <laughs> right. Probably the Lord. Yeah. And yes. then I would say the third one is you got to have the right people around you because, you know, you got big brothers and big sisters around yeah. you in the Lord and faith. They're going to help you be like, you know what? I, I could see how you'd think that was the Lord, but mm-hmm. uh, let me, maybe you should not walk in and pour coffee all over your boss's desk <laughs> and quit on the spot. Maybe you, maybe that's not, yeah. maybe that's not the best way to end that, that, that. And that that's such a beautiful <laughs> thing to do. I did this like somewhat recently. I called our pastor and I was like, Hey, can I get your counsel on something? I really kind of sense that I can't tell if it's my own. Oh, I know the story. I, I, yeah. I want to like. I want to do this thing and I feel like it's the right thing to do. And I feel like, you know, this is what I should do, but I want some counsel on it before, like in your wisdom, I, I have my, like I'm submitted to, you know, your leadership and, and what do you, you know, what do you think I should do? So it's so wonderful to have people what, in your in life. In that particular situation, you were actually sensing like God was leading you to do something contrary that you normally would do. Mm-hmm. And then when you got his perspective, he's like, yeah, that could actually make it worse if you right. think about it this way. Yeah. You're like, thank you for the counsel right. of somebody who also hears from God, yep. who has fruitfulness in their life, who's mature, who has wisdom, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Now, 
you could call anybody you want to get the advice you want. If you really be honest, like I got friends I could call to get. If I want to hear what I want to hear, right? I could call somebody and be like, "Man, dude, my boss, man, you know what he did to me at work? That's the last straw. Tomorrow I'm going in. I'm taking that stupid world." And they're like, best "Do it, do it, do it." I've heard from the Lord. My life group, my, my my friend in life group, told me to go in there. All right, next question. All right, great answers though. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. How do I know God's will for my life? Feel like that those three things that we just answered. Yeah. I think that's a good recipe, right? I think so. Recognize God's voice. That will help you know. Yeah. Right? Know the word of God. Yeah. Have the right people around you. Mm-hmm. Right? They're going the same direction as you. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a great verse in Proverbs 3, 5, written by Solomon, wisest man who ever lived, mm-hmm. right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And if we think of the will of God of being like a path that we're on, right? Yeah. You need to follow someone on that path. Oh, that's good. And so that person is Jesus. But there's also other people that are following Jesus too that will help you on that path. That's good. So really the will of God is, a, is much more like a direction. Sure. Than oftentimes people think of like a blueprint. Right. Because sometimes the will of God, we think of it as like, well, if I'm doing this, I'm outside of the will of God, you know, and the last time I was in the will of God was six months ago, mm-hmm. but I was dating this girl and she took me out of the will of God because we got tied up in all this stuff. Yeah. So now I got to go back in time, six months to get back. No, 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 no. When you repent, when you say, God, I am going to need, lean not on my own understanding and acknowledge you. Bam. Yeah. That's the will of God. Yeah. You're right there. You are, ne- you are, you are never far from the will of God. You are, you are repentance away. That's it. You so are good. surrender away. You are a step of obedience away from the will of God. Will of God is not, is never far. It's yeah, never out of reach. So good. It's never out of reach. I think the other uh, answer that pops into my head when I read this is, um, do you ever really know the will of God? Like, I think sometimes we th- yeah. we think it's such a blueprint, right? Right, right, right. right. Or it, it's such a, a map that if we're not, we feel like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, do you ever I think, know for I, sure? I think there's a trap. In feeling too confident, sure, that you know you can get into arrogance territory, mm. where the this will of God for your life is is hum is humility, and so Good. to think you have it all figured out <laughs> is kind of a dangerous place to be. Sure. You want to be submitted and asking God. You don't want to be in the oh I got it all figured out. I know what I'm doing right. Monday. I know what I'm doing Tuesday. I know what I'm doing Wednesday. You know Jesus warns about that a lot. Yeah, he warns about that a lot, like getting too ahead of yourself. That's why when he teaches us to pray, he says, "Give us this day our daily bread." Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and even when he talks about worrying, he says, "Man, who can add one hour to your life by worrying? Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got its own problems. Let tomorrow happen then." Like, so I think the will of God. God cares more about who you're becoming Mm -hmm. than where you're going. Hundred percent. But we. Think about where we're going all the time and our future. A lot of that has to do with selfishness. A lot of that has to do with the conditioning of a Western culture that's so individualistic. But a lot of it just has to do with anxiety. Sure. And the Lord wants to give you peace and just say, follow me. Let's take it one day at a time. And when you can get there, mm-hmm. which, by the way, I'm going to need a special guest on the podcast to talk about that because <laughs> I'm not an expert on that. We're all we're all in that place. When we can get to that place of rest. Yeah. That we're taking it one day at a time, you're, you're closer to the will of God. Well, you said something that I was going to touch on. I think sometimes uh, we don't know, but those of us that are in Christ, he gives us the Holy Spirit 
to navigate and to comfort and to help. And so you said the peace of God. Like if you are out of the will of God, he's so gracious that he's going to Mm -hmm. allow you to Mm -hmm. know that you are not at rest and Mm -hmm. you are not at peace. And so I'm not that it's the only indication of being in the will of God, but I know in moments where I have the peace of God that I'm I'm in a good place, not a a danger zone because he loves us enough to be like, hey, (laughs) here's some conviction. Hey, yeah, you know, I'm a green light guy. Yeah, I'm driving down the street. All the lights are green. <laughs> I'm going for it, right? I'm green light all mm-hmm. the way. That's my path. Yeah. Yellow light, I'm slowing down. Mm-hmm. Red light, I'm stopping. Yeah. But unless I see a yellow or red light, I'm a green light guy. Yeah. You know, I think God wants us to live in that kind of freedom. Yeah. Where we feel permission to the same commandment he gave Adam and Eve in the garden. Be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. Take this thing to the next Create, level. Let's be. go. He didn't tell them how to do it. Right. He just said, let's do it together. And I think God wants to do life with people. And he and I don't think he's worried about us taking a wrong turn. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's worried about us driving too fast. Right. People talk about, how am I getting ahead of God? What, right. a, what a bizarre thing to say. <laughs> am I getting ahead of God? Right? One time I was meeting with a, a mentor in college, and I, I said that to him. You know, I was like, man, I feel like I want to start this, take this job opportunity or whatever it was. But am I getting ahead of God? He's like, Explain to me how that, how could you get ahead? <laughs> how of could God? you, the, the creation, yeah, get yeah, yeah. ahead of the creator? <laughs> and I think, I think we got to just be, I think God loves the green light. Yeah. You know, I think it's like, just go, go, go. If, 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 if well, he's gifted us, he's, yeah. he's formed us to all have gifts, like different talents, and he's made us uniquely and, and so beautifully. Yeah. And so, like, be wise. Be, don't be foolish. Right. D- you know, don't, don't do it by yourself. Sure. Don't, compromise the word of God Mm -hmm. but I mean just go for it live your life you know and if and if God needs you to slow down he will slow you down and if God needs you to make a turn he'll make a turn for you he'll and if God needs you to stop you better stop yeah right but I think more often than not my path is directed by just this healthy Mm -hmm. assumption for lack of a better word that I do hear from God yeah and if there's something I'm doing wrong you will convict me of that. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. good. And, and every day you, every day I get up, I get on my knees and right. I pray, and I ask God, this is your day. Yeah. This is your day. But, um, yeah, I, I love that question. Do you, how question. do you know the will of God for your life? I don't think anybody ever knows for sure, but, uh, it's, it's a great, we're supposed to have that on our mind. Yeah. Cause we trust that God's best for us is our in, best interest at heart. And it's exciting to be thought that he has a plan that he's inviting us into. So a really, really exciting thought. Yeah. All right. Next question. Having faith when everything feels like it's crumbling. Mm. It's a Who writes question. a question like that? A person where everything, whose life feels like it's out of control and it's all falling and crumbling down. Maybe it's somebody who they're not where they want to be in life right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe they feel like they are supposed to be more ahead or sure. maybe they're, lo- they're looking around and they're seeing what other people have and they're like, how come I don't have those things? Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe they took a step of faith or they made a career jump or maybe they just got out of a relationship yeah. and the things that they thought were going to work out great are crumbling. Yeah. And maybe they're tempted to ask themselves the question, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? Yeah. I'm not here. I didn't do anything to deserve this. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, this isn't because I, you know, this isn't because I went against God. It's just life. That's just like a wave. You know, I was surfing yesterday in San Diego and the day before the, you you're know, so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's an illustration, Maria. 
I'm not trying to drip in that I'm a surfer and I'm cool. You want to be honest? I didn't catch any waves. All, all right. right. Okay. So I'm surfing. Okay. And when you're surfing, you have to get out past the waves. They're coming in. Okay. Right. They're hitting you. And you have to either duck dive and go under the waves mm-hmm. or you have to go over the waves. Or you have to time it. But there's that moment. Tell me you've been there where the waves are hitting you and you're going backwards. <laughs> in life, yes. In the ocean, no. But it's yeah. a metaphor, it's Maria. A metaphor. It's, it's a, a beautiful metaphor. metaphor. It's okay. working. Keep so going. you're paddling. My arms are tired. I'm getting hit by these waves. And I'm like, I just got to get past these waves, uh-huh. the, these walls to get on the other side so mm-hmm. I can be positioned to catch a wave and ride a wave. Yeah. But I'm fighting against waves until I catch one. And we yeah. all want to catch a wave. We want the momentum. We want the we want to feel like we're in God's will. Yeah. And when we're getting hit in the face with waves, we feel the exact opposite. Yeah. And so I'm just thinking about somebody who's maybe just in the middle of a set and it's just, just hitting them. Yeah. Bam. Life is crumbling. What would you tell the person who's think hitting I the wall over and over again? Your circumstances don't determine your bad circumstances, your hard circumstances don't determine the goodness of God. Yeah. God is good and he's well steadfast. Said. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the rock on which we can stand. Good. And sometimes our lives, uh, we've got things, you know, our lives are not uh, up and right. Like, we have highs and we have lows and we go up and we go down and sometimes we go down more than we go up and, and God is with you in all things. Mm. Um, we live in a broken world. Mm. And when sin entered this world through Adam and Eve, things that God met that created for good were now tarnished. They mm. were, they were compromised. Yep. And so sin has infected our world like a disease. Yeah. And, uh, and just because life is hitting you doesn't mean that God isn't with you. Mm. It just means that you're human. Mm. And uh, I don't what know. What are some of the lies that people believe? Um, as the waves are smacking them in the face. I'm going to force you to use this metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> as they're paddling out. Babe. As they're paddling yeah. out. I think the lies that in those circumstances um, where you know, you, you are potentially can believe is, uh, that I'm not good. Mm. I'm a failure that God isn't with me. Mm. Um, that he's not for me. What are some of the lies you think you could believe? I think, um, sometimes when bad things happen, Mm -hmm. we think that, um, we've brought them on ourselves Mm. and, um, Sometimes that's true yeah. in the sense that you, Jesus does say we reap what we sow. Yeah. In other words, what we put in the ground comes back up. Mm-hmm. That's not the same idea of karma. Right. Right. Karma is different mm-hmm. and we don't believe in karma, but we believe that there are, that, that there's a, there's a uh, equal and opposite reaction. Sure. Right. We believe in, in the idea that you, you plant a seed. Yeah. That seed's going to grow. Sure. Right. We, you, you put things in the ground, Right. Something's going to come back up. We believe that. Um, but we don't believe that God's angry right. at us, that he is going to punish us. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that he is allowed to do whatever he wants. Right. Let's be clear. But what Jesus shows us on the cross is that we all deserve to answer for the bad things that we've done. And Jesus answers for all of us. Right. The wrath of God was satisfied in Jesus. He didn't need to die 
because he didn't do anything wrong. Right. We're the ones that needed to die. <laughs> so yeah. to think that God is punishing us, that would be to say, so what Jesus did for us wasn't enough? Wow. Yeah. God needed more punishment? <laughs> no, what Jesus did was enough. Jesus yeah. said from the cross, it is finished. But sometimes when you're you're in a series of when it's all falling apart, you know, I, I like to think of it as like a three legged stool. Mm-hmm. Our life is on a three legged stool. We got finances as one leg. Sure. We got marriage or relationships as the other leg. And mm-hmm. we got money, uh, money, marriage and health mm-hmm. as the other one. Right. And sometimes we can stand on two legs. You don't have money, but you got a good family. Mm-hmm. You got good friends you got and you health. got your health. Yeah. Or. You have money and you have a good family, but you don't have your health. Yeah. Or you have health and you have money, but you don't have anybody around. Like, yeah. you can last on two legs. Sure. But two of those legs get knocked out and you're asking, you start to spiral. Yeah. You're like, dude, is God punishing me? Is God mad at me? Am I cursed? Have I done something here? Uh, is God even real? He feels far away. I'm never going to get over this. Mm-hmm. I'm always going to struggle. I'm not worthy. I'm worthless. I'm damaged. I bring nothing to the table. Lots of things go in your mind when the circumstances change. And a lot of times we're asking God to change our circumstances. And that's not the best plan for him to change the circumstances. Right. Sometimes he wants to change us. 100%. And help us see differently and change our perspective and uh, he loves to rescue us, though. He's a father. He loves to rescue yeah. us. But at the end of the day... But he's he, a good father, so he'll use those moments in our life to grow us up. You're, ta- you're, you're paddling into these waves, right, mm-hmm. babe? You're paddling into the I'm waves. I'm paddling. Bam, I'm you're there. getting hit with the waves. And you're tired. <laughs> Is that how you swim? Yeah, that's how you swim, just like that. <laughs> just like that. And you're trying to get over these waves, and you're tired, and maybe God's going to teach you how to find rest in him. Yeah. And instead of the other things that you're finding rest in. Yeah, so right? good. Maybe he's teaching you that just one more wave. You can't see it, but it's about to die down, mm-hmm. and you're going to get through that, and you're going to be like, man, I'm stronger than I thought I was. Right. I got more in me than I realized. Yeah. And so there's lots of things that God can teach us in those moments. Man, we spent 30 minutes on that question. Sorry, yep. next question. All right, next question. Speed around. Oh, how to get over a miscarriage. Wow. I can answer that one firsthand. I had two miscarriages between our two oldest. So we have three kids, 12, 7, and 7. And the two little ones are not twins. They're Irish twins. So um, that's another story for another time. But She can't keep her hands off me. <laughs> <laughs> um and we had one son. We waited four years. We had Logan. Yeah. Well, Easy we got peasy. we got pregnant two years after that, and that was the plan. You know, I don't know if you if there's any planners out there, but you like them to, you know, you had a plan. And uh, our first miscarriage, um, I actually ha- woke up one day like in pain, and the pain grew to excruciating over a couple hours. And I went into the hospital and I was, you know, vomiting from the pain. And it was the most horrific pain. It was worse than childbirth, the pain that I was having. And I went into emergency surgery. I had a cyst on my ovary, but I was pregnant. And so they- Which is scary. They're like, we're going to do a surgery on you while you're pregnant. Yeah. And I was like, is my baby going to be okay? And they said, the baby will be fine. We can go in laparoscopically and you'll, you know, the baby will survive. And I had to sign my life away and you, we might have to take out your uterus. We might have to take out your, you know, whatever fallopian tube sign here. And I was like, just keep 
my baby like safe. <laughs> and so I went into surgery and I came out and the baby was fine. Um, and they were able to take the cysts out and it was great. And then when I went in for my, uh, appointment, my next appointment, the baby didn't have a heartbeat and I just, gosh, I get emotional even thinking about it 10 years later was so devastating. Mm -hmm. You know, this was a life that we had prayed for and hoped for and gosh, (laughs) I haven't gotten emotional about this in so many years. Um, but it was a lost life and we began to talk about names and this child's future and it was was gone and I got so sick that first miscarriage I mean I was in and out of the hospital for probably seven months so we had the emergency surgery and then I had complications and I uh, lost too much blood and so we had blood transfusions and further hospitalizations and then after that um I had hemorrhaging and then they had to stop that so I was on all this meds and fell into depression from all the medication like it was a long journey so I don't even think the first time I fully processed all the grief that came along with that and then the second one you know you then you you get so scared and I would say to whoever asked this question you will get through it and um It was so important for me to talk to other people that had been through it because it was such a weird space to grieve someone you never met. Um, And you almost felt like, you know, I didn't make it to, you know, that many weeks. And so um, it felt like nobody knows I'm pregnant. Like, I don't even know if we had announced it. So it was just this like very lonely place. Um, But talking to people that had been through it was so healing because Mm. they had they understood all the things that no one could understand. And so I think that was really important in uh, my journey. And then just God healing my heart and me trusting him and not listening to the lies of the enemy that would say like, you, your body can't do this or you're not going to have another baby or just all the things that fear setting in about your what what you can do as a mom or a woman and what your body can do and so that was the first one and it was almost a year of being sick and a lot of a lot going on physically and then we got pregnant again and uh, we lost that baby as well and that that time for me it wasn't as physical Um, it was a lot more of the emotional side of the loss and the grief that I was unable to process with my my health being so poor um, the first time. And again, I think I remember, um, just a lot of questions, but standing on the fact that God was good and he was with me. And I think so much, uh, it was, it was so, so much grief that I feel like in times where we're suffering or we're in pain, um, at least in my own journey, God is so close. And so I can look back on that time as like one of the worst seasons of my life, yet God being so present and so sweet and so close that there was joy in the midst of pain. There was comfort in the midst of grief. And like he was with me. I knew God deeper in those moments because he was so present. And so, um, yeah. I don't know how you get over it, but you do. I think processing it with people, especially people that have gone through it, is so healing. You arrived at a place where you needed to grieve. Yeah, and you I, have to. I, I, that's what's confusing about miscarriages is that yeah. we 
tend to not treat them as lives. Yeah. And we don't grieve. Mm -hmm. We don't do funerals. Life is the most precious thing in the world. There's nothing more sacred yeah. than life. And then you have a miscarriage and then nothing mm -hmm. happens. You don't yeah. have a ceremony. Sure. You don't acknowledge it. And it's so weird in our culture. Yeah. You know, as believers, we believe that life starts in the womb. Mm -hmm. You know, there's plenty of scriptures about that. But one of my favorite is when Jesus actually is in the womb with Mary and he his mom visits her cousin, cousin. Elizabeth mm -hmm. and she's also pregnant with John. Yep. And the Bible says that John leaps in the womb mm -hmm. when Jesus comes near. Yeah. And like with joy, you know, it's <laughs> like this idea that there's a life in there. And even as a dad to a baby that was in your, your belly, yeah, we're thinking of names. Mm -hmm. We're praying over the belly every night, praying over the baby. Yeah. When I got the news of the miscarriage, it was like a, uh, uh, it, it was, it was, it was so traumatic. Yeah. And, you know, to the person who writes this, I want you to know that your feelings are valid. Yeah. That this is a death that you experienced, that you must grieve. Yeah. You must treat that loss as a loss of life. Mm -hmm. And to push that down or to treat it like anything other than life would, would be to not honor the God who gave you that life. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why you, you miscarried. I don't know if it was because your body was shutting something down that wasn't going well. I don't know if there was an accident that happened that jeopardized the health of the baby. Those are things that most likely you can't control. Mm -hmm. But at this moment, what you can do as you can enter a grieving process where yeah, you say, it's really good. God, thank you for the life. Mm -hmm. I believe that I will see that baby again. Yeah. Um, thank you for, and then name that and, and pray and find a way to begin. I'm going to grieve. Yeah. It's very hard to heal from a death in your life without grieving. Yeah. People say that time heals all wounds. This is not true. <laughs> time makes you forget. Grief is the way that God has designed your body and your soul yeah. to respond to loss. That's really good. And those stages of grief and those ways that you grieve, that's a gift that God's given you yeah. to mind, body, soul, spirit. Not just move forward, but healthy. Yeah. Acknowledge process. And I love your advice with talking with other people. Mm -hmm. And I hopefully that this person who wrote this question right now is seeing yeah. you still getting teary teary 10 years later. Yeah. Look Ten at that. Later. Look at that. That's because that was a life. Yeah. Yeah. So many of our friends praying to have babies that can't have babies. Yeah. And uh, it's a real thing, yeah. you know, to be there. And just the other day, uh, like last week I was in, you know, we've told our kids about our miscarriages mm -hmm. and Carter was just in the kitchen. He's like, mom I can't wait to meet like we don't even know if we have a brother or a sister like we don't know but wow. when we get to heaven we get to meet them yeah. and and they talk about these babies that you know never made it to full term about their siblings that they're excited one day to wow. meet in heaven so it's kind of cool when that like we've not told them more than just like we had a baby and it died in mommy's tummy and that baby's in heaven with Jesus but they have like like we're so excited one day like we have like a surprise for us waiting in heaven of a brother or a sister I was like you do
So at, at a young age, they recognize that they feel that they sense that. Yeah. No question. No question. We didn't talk more about them than, than just that one thing. Like, they yeah, this it. happened. They get it. Mm-hmm. No matter what the world tells you. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. When you're a kid. Totally. I don't want to do any more questions. That's enough, right? That's That's enough. That was a little heavy. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Will you pray for the person who's absolutely whose life is crumbling? Yeah, someone wrote in who's trying to find the will of God desperately. Totally. Who's, who's watching Christian church, but their family's Catholic, and so they're feeling this tug. That person that is going through a miscarriage right now. The person who's getting ghosted mm-hmm. and not and doesn't have somebody the rejection that they're feeling. Pray for these for these people, would you? Yeah, Jesus, we uh, we love you. And we're so grateful that you have made a relationship with God possible. We thank you that you care about the details of our life, Amen. big and small. The the friendships that went bad, the pregnancy that didn't go full term, that mm. the uh, the grief that we're walking through, the devastation of crumbling lives that we're in right now. God, I pray for every single person that asks these questions, Lord, that they would know you, that your Mm. presence would meet them, that they would grow, not in just the knowledge of you, but just knowing you more and um, that you would be with them. You are with us in all seasons and all circumstances. And we're so grateful for that. You're not a God that's far away, up in heaven, just looking down on us saying like, good luck. You are the God that is with us. You are Emmanuel. And so I pray that you would meet each person where they're at, that you would touch them, that your Holy Spirit would guide them and give them direction and a hope and a peace for their life that was supernatural, that they would know it was God himself with them, walking them through um, these days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And I prayed with my eyes open. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you guys next week.